a warm welcome to Moose on the Loose podcast in association with White Moose Media. I have a very special guest indeed today. You might have seen him for quite some time now. In fact, neither have I, but I'm delighted to welcome to Graco Studios this afternoon. It's Jason. Hello. Jason. How long has it been? Nearly two years. Wow. Yeah. Did you miss me? Of course I did. Mm, I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, so look, I'm delighted to have you. Thank you for coming over because, of Thank course, you you're me. across the water nowadays. I am, yeah. Yeah. So we flew you over, especially. Are you staying tonight or? I am. I'm okay. here until Friday. Good. Well, look, what we'll do now is we'll rewind back to when we first met. Yeah. Can you remember what year that was? Put me on the spot. A lifetime um, ago. <laughs> 2015. Wow. What's that, nine years ago? Nearly a decade. Wow. Yeah. Can you remember that moment? I can. Tell us about it. I can. It. It was very funny because, um, so I had been out in Dublin a few days before and I had just joined Tinder and um, I had lost my phone, so I had my iPad with me. Mm. And I remember that like we matched on Tinder and we were messaging and the conversation was flowing. You were being very funny. And um, (laughs) then you asked for my number and I had said like, oh, well, I actually don't have a phone because I lost it. I've got my iPad and you thought I was a catfish. Mm. So I think we followed on Instagram or was it mm. Facebook? No, it might have been Facebook at the time. I think it was Facebook. Yeah, Facebook Messenger. I don't even know if I had an Instagram account back then. Ah, you did now. Oh, did I? You did. Okay. But yeah, and then we started messaging on that. And I think it was the next day. The next day is when we had our date, our first date. I think there might have been. So I think maybe we matched on the Friday. And then we didn't meet until the Sunday. Because I did, do you remember the dry mankini? The dry man. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I was living in Wicklow at the yes, time. Yes, so I did a meetup group called, was it the dry, why would it be called the dry mankini? No, it was the dry mantini. Mantini. Okay, so play on the dry martini. I wasn't drinking, so I set up a meetup group for other like minded non drinkers who like to go walking. So I would have been in my regatta gear <laughs> that you found very boring. I mean, you rocked it. Yeah. You were rocking it. So, the yak leather boots. The yak leather boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, we'll talk about that maybe in a while. But I remember I had done a walk that Sunday morning. So I met. So there was a day in between us matching. Yes. And meeting. That's Yeah, it was the next day. So can you remember that first date? I can. Yes. You came to pick me up. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because... I remember at the time, I um, the only person I had told was my younger sister. So I hadn't like told anyone else, but I had to kind of sneak out the front door. Um, and then you came to collect me. And we kind of, you were like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I haven't really thought of it. I was like, we could go to McDonald's. Yeah. And then we got the McFlurry. No, um, you got a plain Sunday. Plain Sunday, that was it. Yeah. And then we went for a Mac. Imagine a first date. Going for a McDonald's drive through and you had a plain Sunday. I was watching my figure. I worked oh, for Hollister at the oh, time. You did, yeah. I did, you did yeah. work for Hollister in, Dun- in Dundrum, wasn't yeah. it? And so we had our McFlurry. I think I probably had a McChicken sandwich or something. No, you got a chicken wrap. Oh, a chicken wrap. Yeah. Because I would have been watching my figure as And well, it was so. funny. It was awkward because after I was just eating that plain Sunday and then we were trying to have a conversation, but you were like scoffing that wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there like come on right and then what happened and then we just went on a drive mm. I think you were like um, we kind of got into a DMC 
Mm. And you were like, where do you want to go? And I was like, oh, we can just drive around for a bit. So remember, hang on, some of these people watching mightn't know what DMC means. So just explain to camera what DMC means. A deep, meaningful conversation. Now. Yes. Continue. Um, so we were driving and then um, either we went to Phoenix Park first. Very mm. controversial, not <laughs> for the mm. reasons you think. Um, but we went to either Phoenix Park first or did you pull into Charleville? So I pulled into Charleville to get something. Yes. You brought out the Haribo. I went in to get jellies. Star, star yeah, mix. Star. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we in Charleville Lodge, we used to put a little welcome pack in every guest room, which consisted of a packet of potato, cheese and onion. The worst Cadbury's bar. A star bar, which is the best Cadbury's bar. Oh, I mean, the amount of polls I've done on social media over the years asking people to vote. And it always came Who up. Who were these top. people? Who was voting for star bar? I would have preferred a Moro, probably, uh, no, which is called you know Boost what? now. Dairy milk, golden crisp. Golden crisp. Yeah. That is one of my favorite. Mint crisp? No. Golden no? crisp. Top tier. Okay. But anyway, I went in to get Jason and myself uh, one of each, just as a little, you know, on our way to Phoenix Park. So you didn't know why I was bringing you into this place, nor did I tell you. You were like, is this where he lives? I was like, what? You didn't mention it was work and I kind of found it a bit strange. I was like, I wouldn't be caught dead going into work like after hours. I was like, is yeah. this man all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going in there after work hours. Okay. Um, so then we got our Haribos and we drove to Phoenix Park. We did. And what happened then? God, so you're going to hate me for this. But no, I know, I know exactly I was what you're little... going <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. I was a little pretentious prick back then. Um, and I remember like I had a very specific type where I wouldn't get with or be with someone who was shorter than me. Mm. And whichever way you had the seats angled very cleverly, I feel like mine was lower than yours. So when we were in the car having the conversation, I was like, okay, I'm vibing with this guy. I was like, he he's a great guy, really funny, very charming. Um, so Most by that importantly, time, he's tall. Yes. So I was like, about that time, you know, I was like, here we are, we're going for a little stroll. Yeah. Got out of the car and then you like walked around the front and I was like, oh, fuck, he's fucking shorter than me. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking like, ah, you know what, it's grand. And that was the first time where I was like, you know what? I'll disregard my type because we had such like chemistry and it was mm. it was such a wonderful, wonderful first date. Mm. And I remember we were kind of walking around and then we went to, was it Dublin Zoo first or did we go to the monument thing? Well, this was at half 11 at night or yeah, something, so I don't late, think we, yeah. we were going to Dublin Zoo. No, remember we walked around. The perimeter to see yeah. if we could see any lions or anything. Yes. Yeah. And then we walked to the... Um... And it was actually a lovely, we were, don't, don't mention them, you can mention the mon monument in a minute. But it was actually a lovely kind of a moonlit night. It was. it was perfectly still. Very clear. Stars out. Yeah. And I remember at one point walking around and the wolves started howling. Yeah. And it was just a kind of a, a special moment. It was. It was also very like spontaneous because I had gone on dates before that were very normal, premeditated, <laughs> planned, boring, yeah. like, you know, being just normal chivalrous they're kind mm. of like oh you know the the boring conversations mm. so i was very intrigued and then after that we walked to the the monument mm. and you told me the story about your car getting stolen yeah um and i found that mad and then <laughs> yeah, i know i knew it was coming go on we walked up to the um to the monument this is the wellington monument isn't it yes mm. i didn't know it was called the wellington monument i'm pretty sure it is yeah Oh, pretty I'm pretty that's what sure it's it is. Yeah, Wellington Monument. Well, there you go. You learned something new. Absolutely. Every day is a school day. <laughs> Keep going. So um, I went topped up no bother. Obviously, the height and mm. 
I turned around and you were kind of struggling yeah. to get up. And I was like, do you want a hand? You were like, no, 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 it's fine. So I was like, I'll let him, I'll let him do his bits. And he got up there eventually and we were talking. And um, I was talking about getting a new iPhone. And he would mention an, an iPhone that didn't exist. The yeah, probably size. It wouldn't, it wouldn't put it past me. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, good luck finding that one. Because um, <laughs> he was like, I've been trying to get it for months. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll never get it. Um, and then uh, there was loads of fireworks, which was quite yeah, special. And like, isn't that a special non-conventional date? It is. It was wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and look at how neither of us have remembered or forgotten about it. I know. Especially right. the bit about me struggling to get up onto the <laughs> monument. So, okay. After the date... Did we start dating kind of quickly? It was very quickly, yeah. Okay. Well, in fact, if you don't mind me saying, I think it was, that was the Sunday. Yeah. And I think you moved in with me on the Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Two days later. To be fair, though, mm. to be fair, you lived in the fucking... Arsehole of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you can curse as much as you Arsehole want. of nowhere, um, which was a lovely little house. Like, looking yeah. back now, it was very yeah. content and cute. Yeah. But, like... Jesus Christ, if your car ever broke down there, that's oh, it. Oh, you're gone. Yeah. yeah. And if I was ever snowed in, I'd yeah. be like a hermit for days. And it was it was kind of like when I remember thinking, I was like, does this man work? Because mm. for the, the first time I stayed over, you kind of stayed at home for a few days. And mm. then we did bits like I did the dry man teeny thing, which was yeah. awful. Fabulous. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the hot yoga, was it? Or the... Oh, yeah. I couldn't stop farting. And you um, were farting like a lizard. First and last time. I fell asleep as well. And then you fell asleep. Yeah. I remember that. Where was that? In Kildare somewhere. We did a yoga retreat. And we all had to just meditate for a while. And then all of a sudden, the noises, the farting noises <laughs> and the snoring. I was very relaxed, to be fair. The snoring was, was just the last time. something. It was, it was something else. But uh, yeah, look, me, me living there was a kind of a bit like me living in Ackle now insofar as it's it was getting away from the madness. Yeah. You know, and like... Up until that point, when I did live in Balls Bridge, it was like party central and drug central and drink central mm. and everything. So, um, was oh well, <laughs> well, well, no, yeah, it was so it, yeah. it was no, yeah. it's not still. It's it's it, 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 like I live in Ackle now, so like the chances of. I mean, I'm not going to be going out on the on the tear in Ackle. <laughs> uh, in fact, Ackle is it's a se sense of safety really because. Yeah. And, and so similarly, so my life has kind of been party, you know, chill, party, chill, party, escape, maybe part. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what Ackle is now. And hopefully and I think I'll stay there. But anyway, back to us. So we moved in together on the on the on the Tuesday and um, then sometime later. We started a cafe together. Yes. And that cafe is called? The White Moose. <laughs> and of course, I named it The oh, White yeah. Moose. No, I didn't. No, in <laughs> no I, and, I, and, and credit where it's due. It, so if I may just tell this little story. So we, so you came to work in Charleville Lodge. Now, Charleville Lodge was a 30 bedroom guest house on the North Circle Road. And when Jason started there, it resembled something out of the movie The Shining. <laughs> Probably scarier. But um, there was a breakfast room downstairs and it was mahogany, deep mahogany tables and kind of linen tablecloths. And uh, just, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't really, uh, what's the word, vibing? It wasn't vibing, really. Uh, it had its own, it, it, like it had a lot of potential. Yeah. 
But anyway, so Jason started working there as, as, a, as a waiter and uh, I'll never forget you in your black shirt and the red tequila. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, when like <laughs> you did blindside me when I came into the office, you were like, oh, um, where you were short on a member of staff uh-huh. and you said it to like Marta or Anna, you were like, oh, Jason's going to be starting. And oh, I was really? like, what? Okay. All right. Um, and that was kind of how I, I started off helping out first. It was okay. always because I was still working at Hollister. Yeah. So it's still very temporary. And you can probably remember the breakfast back then, kind of the poached eggs, microwaved. <laughs> it wasn't the best in the world. But anyway, um, you, I guess we both saw potential for that space. Yeah. That wasn't, it wasn't being leveraged by, you know, it being just the breakfast room uh, for, yeah. the, for, the, for the 30 bedrooms upstairs. And we were both aware of this new TUD, mm. which like, you'd want to see Gold it now. Yeah. Have you seen I it have, now? I have, I have. I was there recently. Unreal. But... We knew this was coming down the tracks, so we kind of said, "Let's try and let's try and do something with this space." And we thought about opening it up to the public. And originally, we were going to call it the oh um, two six eight n- top hat, the top hat cafe. Yeah. Why I don't know. Did you think it was going to be like a circus or something? No. Or? So it was kind of like. After the whole process of like identifying how much potential I had, because mm. you have to admit that building is and still is absolutely stunning. And like that, that breakfast room had so much charm mm. and I could see the potential and like I could like picture it as like how like, you know, I envisioned it or, like, you know, that kind of country cafe style. And um, we loved eating in cafes all the time. And there was a bun- like brunch boom happening in Swans Dublin. Swans on the green. Swans on the green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Urban, which is great in Nace, the Brownie, yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, but also like the, the rest of the hotel. Remember there when he was like that size. Yeah, the little, um, Go on anyway, sorry. Um, and like, you know, even the, the lounge it just had so much potential. I just felt it wasn't being utilised. And yeah. Fibsborough was... There was nothing there. Like, I remember when I did start working and we would go for lunch, like in Fibsboro, there was only Woodstock and there was the deli that's now a sushi bar, or I don't know if it still is. There was um, the little bagel place. Uh huh. And then there was the Daybreak. That was kind of yeah, the only it three. Was very mediocre offerings. Yeah. Uh, whereas now you have a Bunsen. You've got everything. Like, imagine if there was Bunsen when we were there. But I was only, there's like on that walk alone to the kind of crossroads. Mm. There's like four cafes now there. Yeah, um, but like obviously recognizing the potential, like the, the the kind of brunch boom. And then coming down to trying to work within a budget because we didn't want it to be crazy money. And the furniture that was there was stunning. It was kind of like trying to utilize what we had as as good, like much as possible. Stunning if you like something out of The Shining. Yeah. But, but, but. Well, you have to see the car because I feel like, you know, nowadays furniture is very bleak and... Mm modernize it takes away from all the character where you would have like a mahogany table which people put a lot of work into like making and crafting and like that beautiful pantry dresser that that was there um it was just kind of making it all tied together so it had some kind of theme rather than just misplaced furniture yeah yeah. um but yeah and then we kind of came with the plan and then it was like thinking of names so i had a few mood boards and some of them were like wall displays that I had seen on Pinterest, which were different types of top hats. Mm. So we were looking at getting like mounts for the wall to put top hats. A load of top hats. Wasn't um, it? And then there was one about clocks as well. We were going to call it like Times Cafe or something. Or Timepiece or something like something that. Something like that, but yeah. it was too, it was too basic. Yeah. Too basic bitch. And mm. then we seen, we 
discuss the 268 cafe because mm. of the address. Because mm. it was house number 268 yeah. North Circular Road. And then I found that bad boy. So, so okay. The bad boy being? The white moose. The white moose. What came first? You finding it or you naming it? Um, finding it first because I knew I wanted like a, a kind of a misplaced because at the time it was like all over Pinterest of having loads of kind of different wall ornaments kind of mismatched to make it look mm. a little bit kind of rustic and vintage and a lot of them had like um, actual taxidermy heads like you know you yeah, have a deer yeah. head and I kind of was looking for it, but not something that was going to break the bank where I didn't want a real deer head also yeah. be a bit grim. Um, well, I mean, the amount of vegans living in Fisra, <laughs> yeah. Well, it might have been a good thing, actually. Here, yeah. Jesus, it would have been um, a great thing. Why did we get a fake thing when we could have got a real thing? But, but it was something that, like, when I looked up, I was looking up deer heads and I remember going onto Etsy and seeing, like, deer heads mm. and then coming across this company that did literal, like, unicorns, dinosaurs, all different types of animals. And there was just very something very striking about the moose. Did you at any point think about going for the unicorn? I did. But I would have certainly put turned you down immediately on that. Unicorn Cafe is very... Uh, I think there was one already in There town definitely somewhere. was. I did my research. So I didn't want... I wanted something unique that yeah. had a nice ring to it. But also when you would search, you, you wouldn't see like if it was Unicorn Cafe, there's probably thousands of them. Yeah. Um, and there was just something so striking about the antlers as well. Mm. And it was nice. It was like a nice size. It wasn't too big. So I ordered it. But then I was terrified that it'd be tiny when it arrived. Do you remember or... where it came in from? I don't know. Utah. Utah. Yeah. Okay. I think we ordered it through Etsy. We did order it. Yeah. yeah. Through Etsy. But anyway, there it is there, folks. And so that's how the cafe got its name. Yes. That's how they got there. So it was just the, the wall was designed. Yeah. There were the pieces and at the top was the white moose. And I think there was one moment where even after ordering it, yeah. we still didn't know the no. name of the cafe. But when we were assembling it, and yeah. I remember carefully up in the lounge laying out everything. This would go there and, yeah, and it was you who was planning, in charge of that yeah. kind of stuff because I wouldn't have a clue. But we put the white moose at the top and then I think we were sitting on table it was one or two? No, it wasn't. It was the big tables. It was either, oh God, the layout. It was table number. Well, whatever table five. it was, I think it was over. And, and and at one point, you and I looking at each other and then looking up at the wall. Now, it mightn't have been as romantic as that, but that's how <laughs> I remember it. And that's how I, I tell people. And then us kind of almost looking at each other. And in one, you know, the same breath, same White Moose Cafe. But you'll claim all the credit. That sounds very cinematic now. Yeah, it's very cinematic. Well, <laughs> isn't my life a cinema? But that's how it came. Yeah. And so did you at that point realise what was coming down the tracks in terms of like how big it actually got? No. 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 Could never have fathomed that it would it would span into what it did. Mm. I knew it was special. Mm. And I knew that like the relationship you had with the staff was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And you had such an incredible way, like the staff absolutely adored you and you adored them. And I thought that that was something... all of them, not all of them. There's always going to be one or two miserable fucks. Mm. Do you know what I mean? No names, but um... In any walk of life. <laughs> but I think that like it was something very special and you, and you could tell that there was a genuine connection between the team and they just loved being there. And so. What we did then with the White Moose was we effectively made a cast of characters out of them. Yeah. Go on. I'm going to say that I think the the one thing is like 
before Snapchat entered the picture. It's mm. like how you were with the stuff mm. was always there. It was very present. Mm. And I think that like at the time during the Snapchat boom, you loved making these videos with the staff, mm. but you never shared it or broadcast it. And I was like, mm. it'd be such a great mm. thing for you to show behind the scenes. So how long did it take? So we established the cafe in 2015. That's fine. Yeah. When was it that people started hearing about it? So you had, you you always had the, the Facebook, like mm. massive amount of following because mm. of the outrage marketing and it was hilarious and the posts were fantastic and I think for the first year we were open in that year period I remember being so nervous getting a notification when you posted a post I've been like oh god yeah I was like this is it now we're going to be hated but the outrage marketing Jason started after the cafe was not necessarily um oh did I do it for Charles Village before I you did. did you did it for Charles Village and the then it kind of trickled and the Garth Brooks and yes, everything you I've did. Been doing that yeah and I had said I remember yeah. saying to you and we I was like I want the cafe to be like oh, yeah. Yeah. proper like no yeah no messing no messing but obviously when the opportunity presented itself because I think the first post was the, the vegan no the inhaling the sandwich oh no the vegan came before that no was it Oh, I can tell you now the vegan came before that, I think. No, I think you're wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, I think you're okay, wrong. Okay, okay. Right. As I remember, the the first big outrage was like the 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 kind of shaming the customer who who basically inhaled their fucking plate of food. Like, and I mean inhaled. Yeah. And given the opportunity. It was gone within a couple of seconds. Yeah, licked the fucking plate clean. And yeah. given the opportunity, like checked on them, didn't, they were like, oh, everything's great. And then wrote that review and being so angered that when you did the post some retaliation. I was like, you know what? You do your thing. Yeah. This, this so you is, were with me on that? I was with you on that because I was like, this is so unjust what the customer is doing. Yeah. Like they're completely lying um, yeah. to try and, I don't know what they were looking for, like a freebie or to, to slander the, the cafe. And I think as well, at that time was particularly difficult because I was, and both of us and all the staff were trying so much to try and, because of where we were located and TUD wasn't open yet, there wasn't an awful lot, a lot of like footfall. Mm. So do you remember when we would stand out with the pancake tasters and, you and we I would go. do deals and I would change the, the chalkboard with like different deals every now yeah. and then and do different promotions. And I remember even St. Patrick's Day after we opened, giving the free... Mintero shakes? No, the Irish coffees you were making. Oh, <laughs> the yeah, shake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and like... That we, was early days. That was early days and it didn't mm. come until... The Snapchat boom, I feel, kind of happened that summer mm. and mm. it was 2016. Yeah. It started to really take off and um, we had started to build a more kind of stronger cafe team because we were gradually picking up. Mm. And that's when we had like, you know, we had Haley, we had Circa, we had Aga. Um, so when you this, when you say the Snapchat boom, yeah. what, what, what do you mean by that? You know, like that summer during, um, in Dublin where everyone, their granny and their ma was on Snapchat. Yeah. And it was kind Storying of Storying like, their life. Yeah. And yeah. it was very much like... How we, sad. I mean, if you look back at it, like I... One thing I'm fascinated about in London is the people's fascination with reality TV, like garbage yeah. TV. Mm. And um, like people watching it religiously is not something I ever really kind of did, like Celebrity Big Brother, other than the year with Gemma Collins. But... Mm. Um, Doing I feel like Gemma Collins. Oh, I can't. I'm not on the spot. Ah, Jason. You will. A few bottles of wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there is a bottle, a fridge full of wine out there. Prosecco. I don't need a glass either. Just a straw. Oh, just by yeah. the neck. Um, go on. But um, yeah, I, I found that like in Ireland, we don't necessarily have an awful amount of like 
what you would, you know, consider reality stars. So mm. people would um, be bored of what's on the four channels that we have mm. and would kind of turn to their phone for entertainment. And I feel mm. that the Snapchat kind of boom was people's Part reality it. shows. It was like yeah. following these people that you knew nothing about and that you were so engrossed in their daily lives. It, like I was guilty of it as well. You, It, it was fascinating and it happened almost so quickly. Yeah. So, um, so for people who don't know what that was, because yeah. like not everybody, like Snapchat has just died a death. As much. I still use it. Well, it's used for various purposes. Ooh. We won't talk about them though. So <laughs> um, like cheeky pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, f f so just to explain how the Snapchat boom took place, basically yeah. uh, I would come in every day and I'd start storying the day in the cafe. So, and and each of the different workers would become characters in this show. And you'd have Anna, the Polish housekeeper who I would dance with. You'd have Chris, the kind of eccentric night porter who everyone loved. And you'd have, you know, the various different Tommy, the chef was a bit of eye candy for the girls. Sassy Circa, the sexy bar. Sassy Circa. And so. And, 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 you know, you had an endless pool of content there and every day was different. And, you know, people, I think people are inherently are, are innately voyeuristic. They love watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, people on my Instagram are concerned about what I have for breakfast. Oh, I mean, on a certain level, it's it's kind of sad, but I mean, it's what people do. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't personally be interested in what people had for breakfast necessarily, but for some reason, people are. Yeah. Um, so that really grew legs and people were watching us kind of every day and we were getting huge views, yeah. huge on Snapchat. Like, I think we were getting 60,000, 80,000 story views yeah. on Snapchat back then. It was insane. And like we won awards like the, the Goss.ie, yeah. Gossy and like big Snapchat. 98 FM. 98 FM. Yeah. Look in the camera. Great and night. Say that. 98 yeah, FM. You loved that night, didn't you? I yeah. loved that oh, night. You were <laughs> up to no good that night, I'll tell you. Um, did that, in your opinion, have an impact on business levels in the cafe? Absolutely. Mm. Um, I feel that like one great thing about the the Facebook is the the Facebook following was always there and it was it was great. It was mm. the posts were fucking hilarious. Mm. Like I I love them. But the the footfall that we experienced from the Snapchat, like it was unlike like with the Facebook, it was very hard to translate that reach into footfall. Yeah. Because it was very much international. The great thing about Facebook is at the time when it was in its prime, uh -huh. it could reach m like mass volumes of people across the world. And mm. there was brand recognition, which was fantastic, but that wasn't necessarily translating into footfall. Mm. I feel like Snapchat in Ireland had such a massive impact on people's social media because they used it so frequently that people could just drive then to the cafe. So seeing that, and like obviously having them the following on Facebook helped kind of launch the platform on Snapchat and gain those like eyes originally. And I think it just true word of mouth and people sending videos being like, have you seen your man? He's hilarious. Yeah. And and then what would happen is people would come in to actually. So what I always said was they come for the sto social media. Yeah. They stay for the food. Yeah. Because actually we did good food. Yeah. Like and maybe over the years I didn't give enough credit it was to the chefs. Beautiful. Yeah. The food is amazing. And I, you know, and I do feel a bit of guilt in many different ways, but one of them might have been, you know, like our food was actually quite good and yeah. I never really 
bigged up the food. It was more the day to day. Um, what was your favorite item on the menu, by the way? Oh, gosh, the homegs or the avarizo. Yeah. If I could have them again. Whose idea were they? <clears throat> they were yours, yeah. <laughs> Can't tell it. Um, then what happened was we d we kind of became, again, I use the term very loosely, famous. Um, I, I don't believe in internet. Or I, I, like, I think having a lot of followers on Instagram is a bit like having a lot of monopoly money and saying mm. you're rich. You know, you're not necessarily no. famous. But we were well known. And people came in to actually see us and get selfies with us, as well as have food. And uh, there, it was almost as if they were coming into a film set. Yeah. But with that came, we had friends, but we developed some faux friends who it was pretty obvious that they were just befriending us because yeah. of the the fame or the infamy. Do you do you agree with 100%. that? Hundred percent. You had all these like. Um, up and coming people who would kind of come in and jump on the bandwagon. Um, and we had some that were like amazing people, still friends with them, and others that would kind of just jump on the jump bandwagon up. to get some expo exposure. Didn't know me or you from, from Adam. Adam, and then just be like, all right, see you later. Thanks for the free foods. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. That's kind of, I felt how a lot of the interactions happened. And mm. it became very like, fake it'd be like you go all to these events which are amazing events and like you know a, a lot of time and work went into organizing them and some of the conversations you would have with some of the people would be so fucking dull you want to be off bang your, your head you'd be out of your mind as well because i couldn't face those without being out of my mind oh yeah i mean like i i struggled a lot i think with like i guess it was kind of like imposter syndrome of mm. being like going from watching these people on social media to then being at these events and I think what was difficult for me to try and kind of like put together was working almost like nearly every day mm. and living so close and kind of like going into work even on my days off. Mm. So we would go to these events, free alcohol, free food, and then would go straight back into work the next day. Mm. And then I think, you know, with, with customers not being able to associate with like, oh, he's actually working mm. to, oh, he's this person I follow on social media. And I'm, I didn't I'm understand it. Terrible at saying no. So like yeah. I would feel guilty, but then it would cause all this like internal struggles of like, oh, if I take a photo and and meet these like these fans that follow social media, then my team members struggle because they're picking up the slack. And then that causes this like knock on effect. And I remember just constantly being like feeling like I was stretched too thin and then going to these events and meeting these people. And I was like, why am I? bothering like I'm not having any some of them I had really great conversations with mm. but other it was just like what is the fucking point Thanks. like why am I talking about xyz about shit I don't even care about with yeah. people who I've no intentions of seeing outside of these events mm. or these gatherings you'd want to call them and did that did that take a bit of a turn like do you do you think that the fame may have impacted on your mental health in any way definitely yeah. I think as well, like it wasn't like we never did it for like um, at the end of the day, it was always just like a business tactic to get bums on seats. It was very mm. much like showing what goes on behind the scenes and introducing like people to all these incredible, you know, workers that we work with. And they're mm. they're part of the reason of what makes White Moose so great. Like the social media helped and, you know, give exposure. But when it boils down to it, it was the team that we worked with, like the incredible chefs. And then. 
all of that, trying to navigate a, a, like an entire team that are incredible and that need support from their leadership, mm. whilst also trying to navigate all these, you know, fans and that are coming in. It, it was, was too extremely, much. extremely difficult. It was just too much. And you know what? I often think back at our time together with a, a tremendous amount of guilt. And I think back about our holidays and how, you know, I share everything, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I story everything. And and I'm sorry for that oh. because, you know, I didn't consider that, you know, like maybe you don't want to be on camera all the time. I think, though, if, like not like I also felt guilty as well. I think that it was so new and it happened so quick for the both of us. Mm. I don't really think there's anyone to blame. I think that like there's no handbook on this or there's no mm. like you go from essentially being like a, a private couple or a private mm. person. And in saying so, like, I know by opening up to social media that these things can happen. Like, this is, mm. like, part and parcel of putting yourself out there, which I which I fully understand. But I kind of thought that maybe by showcasing the white moose and um, a few things outside of it, that we would still have some kind of privacy. So I think that it was a learning situation for, for both of us. us. Like, I felt guilty as well. I felt like I should have maybe been more active on my phone or, I guess, like, you know, posting more than I did. But I think it was just exhaustion. It was like work and then social media. And essentially, like, it did take over, I feel, both of our lives because mm. it was it was trying to remain focused on, like, one thing at a time, but it was, like, multiple things at a time instead. Mm. You see, I guess what I would have done back then is I would have used haters as a way of getting publicity. So yeah. we would have got, and I think anybody who has a profile gets a certain amount of hate. And I think it's to be expected when you're yeah. in the public eye. But what I used to do was I used to use them. So any negative comments that would come in either directly or in the comments section, I would reply with humor and then I would share both the initial comment and my reply and people would love it. Yeah. Um, and that's how I dealt with it. Yeah. Now, I don't give a fuck what people say. Yeah. And I have so many messages of hate coming in and there's so many online platforms saying shit about this, that and the other. And honestly, I couldn't give a flying fuck what yeah. people think anymore. But back then it was kind of different. And, you know, while I used these haters to my advantage, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't take it so well. And I'm not, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. No. But, you know... I wouldn't Did it grind away at you in any way, these 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 people? I think for me, like similar to what you said, I think how you feel now was kind of how I felt then. I mm. didn't necessarily give two fucks. Like I'd kind of make a joke out of it if I received any types of hate. But a lot of these were from older like people in particular. So for me, I just found now it. Very don't be ageist now, Jason. No, I'm just saying that the demographic. Yeah. Um, we yeah. all know that Facebook page, girl. Um, yeah. But well, what I found, I, I know it as well. Yeah. I, what I found so fascinating was that, like, th this, like, you know, group who mm -hmm. encouraged like drinking and kind of hating on people. Mm. Um, what kind of drew the line for me was when it, when it, when they realized they couldn't get through to me, or that like their hatred wasn't affecting me. It's when it turned to my family was what really irritated me. Like when it went to, I'm um, talking about like my siblings and. And my parents, like trying to figure out like what they did for work and, you know, finding out the address I lived in, calling my sister's school that like 
just crazy stuff like that, like being able to figure out by her school uniform from the few seconds that she may have like posted on her Instagram of where what she went. What do you went. think these people's motivations were? God, if you ever find out, tell me, because I just can't like, you know, I get the whole, you know, following people that you find interesting. But I think there's kind of like drawing the line of like privacy and then particularly with people who are younger and like, you know, might be teenagers or whatever. Um, and kind of going that step too far. I just mm. think in, like, some of these people have kids of their own, especially in that group. Mm. Um, I just found that fascinating, like in a weird way that like these, you know, women are at home and all that they can focus about is like some young people on the internet that they can try and make their lives miserable. Do you think it's more a reflection of them? 100%. Mm. I feel like when people do spew hatred and it was the way that I always kind of seen it, it's like, I used to always have witty comebacks to people that would comment, especially if it was like homophobic or anything like that. As I'm like, they're just projecting their their own insecurities. Like that's, you know, they might not feel as confident or as, you know, in tune with themselves as they might like to be and seeing people like that might kind of, they might see that as intimidating or envious and be begrudgery. Mm. You'd kind of nearly feel sorry for them. 100%. And yeah. you'd kind of hope that they get the help that they need. Because I think there's two people, the two type of people in this life and it's those who get up off their arses and do something with their life. Okay, Kim K. Or, <laughs> or uh, they sit on their holes and they begrudge others who are successful and try and bring them down with this kind of demeaning behaviour and these kind of messages. And I know what type of person I'd prefer to be and I think the yeah. same applies for you. So while during the White Moose days I used to see them as content creators which yeah. they were <laughs> now I just have an, a, a sense of pity yeah and it's like you know what do what you want to do but you know what I don't really I want to, I don't want to be involved I think being positive now is yeah. I've become a very kind caring furry individual <laughs> since I moved to Ackle it's like I'm kind now and there's no more uh, you always have it. Oh, well thank you Thank you. And again, look, if I'm in any way responsible for any of that horrible stuff that, that went your way and then spilled out into, into your family, I do apologise. Ah, so um, You can't control what like other people do, you know. Yeah. But let's let's liven it up and brighten it up a little bit. Uh, I just want to talk about one worker who came in <laughs> and... Uh, Which one? <laughs> they, want, they thought they were coming out of a film set. Oh, God, want, yeah. With, with being famous... Again, I don't like that term, but I suppose that's what what it was. Uh, you know, you'd have people applying to work in the White Moose who weren't necessarily looking to make coffees or flip burgers. They were looking to be famous. And remember, there was one particular. T tell us about that particular uh, person. I feel like in in their defence, though, it like. But tell us about it first. <laughs> um, I think it's it's one of those uh, stories where like. When they came in, they were very charming. Um, like uh, the interview was great, and there was just an odd of like uncertainty, like a sense of uncertainty, and like an odd sense of their vibe. It was kind of like I got to see them in action. Like, are they as good as they say they are? Like their work ethic, for example. Mm. And I'll never forget the trial because um, it was extremely, extremely busy, and. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm almost sure I'll have to ask her, but I think Circa was um, the person I asked to like train them in, like, the, you know, the coffee machine. And Aga was there as well. Aga's fantastic, love her to pieces, very stern, fantastic worker, mm -hmm. but takes no shit. And um, 
I remember like I was busy maintaining the cafe, seeing if everyone was okay, checking on the kitchen. And I remember Circa pulling me aside and Aga kind of been like, yeah, this person has um, no interest in working. Like they were extremely rude to Anna Chovanska. Yeah. Love her. Um, <laughs> and basically came in and had this whole perception of like they wanted to take selfies and yeah. when asked to like deliver orders it was there, there was an attitude and like trying to get selfies with the staff and it was very it was very funny to watch happen but I was also in a bit of disbelief like is this really happening yeah. they don't think it's a real life cafe no. they actually have to go into the kitchen and take that plate and deliver it down <laughs> to the, it's like selfie you know this I remember I thought that was very funny but um, uh, we did get into trouble once or twice once or twice? I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you remember any of those times? How can I forget the rap? Well, we just talked about that one time we were fired. Rap, yeah. So Jason and I were fired. And the police, were the police called for that? Why were they the called? Were called they were. Well, they were called on several occasions. Yeah, they were. Um, but on this particular occasion, it, re- it resulted in Jason and I being fired from uh, Charles Village Stroke White Moose Cafe. How many more days? How, how many days later were we allowed back in? Like four days. Three or four days three later. Four we days. had a great time. We were just <laughs> watching Netflix all day, ordering Deliveroo three or four times a day. Um, and we still got paid. But uh, <laughs> what happened that time? Oh, God, there was. Um, and this is what was great about the cafe as well and the hotel. There was never a dull day like some people thought that these stories were mis- like they were like, you know, made up or like they weren't real. But if you work in hospitality, you know the shit that goes on like mm. crazy. Um, and it was never a dull day because anything could happen. It could be mm. someone falling down the fucking stairs, drunk mm. from the night before. A hen party arrives, a fucking stag party. Um, we were in work and there was, um, was it like three people? It was one girl and two lads in a the room. They wouldn't check out before the checkout time. Mm. And there was a bit of there was a bit of like there was a bit of um, toing and froing, a bit of reception. pushback, yeah. Mm. And I think we were still we were still in the hotel because we had finished the cafe because mm. that closed around three or four, mm. and it was in the evening time where they were trying to get them out of the hotel. So, yeah, and, and checkout time was like twelve. We were still in the office, and then mm. um, I can't remember who was working behind or on reception. Mm. Was it Irina? Possibly, but it doesn't matter. But we went up and. Um, I st- I was a bit too scared because I was like these people seem like they're on they're on a bit of a mad one, mm. but you went up at your phone and started recording, mm. and what, what was it they said or what did you say? I can't quite remember what I said, but I do remember her saying something like, uh, "So she was." Tra- I know what she, I know exactly what she said, but I'm trying to think of what you said. Oh, sorry, I hit the mic. Don't worry about the mic. Um, I can't remember, Jason. Now, I'd have it all documented oh, yeah. in my phone. But uh, so so I'd like you to say what she said in exactly her accent. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of like, did she hit you? Or she did something with her hand, but she was like, get that phone out of my face before I smash it. Yeah. And then she repeated it again. Kept repeating it like, and then you took that clip. And we made a rap out of and it. And we made a rap. And it went like super viral. It actually went really viral. It was, so very funny. It was her. You better get out of my face before oh, I, I smash, smash your phone. Uh, and then we made a and rap on it. We did the slow version. And we did a slow. We did you three better. or different kind of iterations <laughs> of the rap. And it did really, really well. And uh, 
I think then we got a call. We got a knock from the guards. Yeah. And we were fired. So what happened was her, her mom had seen it and I called the hotel. Yeah. And I think Irina recorded the message where she was saying that the girl is um, distraught and that her face was plastered all over social media mm. and to take the video down. Mm. And then she called back and I think you answered mm. and you recorded the message and you were like, I'm not going to. And I shared that as well. And you shared that as well. Um, yeah. Did I ever overstep the mark? No. No. I think everything was absolutely fucking hilarious. And I think if you're stupid enough to behave that way yeah. to a business, like you need to be able to face some repercussions because... If you're able to go into a business and treat staff that way and carry on like that and mm. think that there's going to be no pushback, then mm. like they need to be taught a lesson. And I think that like that's the great thing about social media now is like you are held accountable for your actions. Like if mm. you go in anywhere and you treat someone like shit just because like that's their job and they they might not be directly, you know, responsible for what you're going through or whatever. Mm. Um especially if they're acting out of character, like you should be able to face some backlash from it. Do you think that if we if like it was in this day and age and I did stuff like share CCTV of people horsing food into them or CCTV of a girl coming in and rubbing the tip jar or your man who uh, your woman who dumped the bins in the, in the in the thing and made videos out, you know, if if it was 2024, would I have gotten away with it? I think so. Right. I think that now, like I see it all the time on like TikTok or mm. Instagram stories of businesses fighting back against these kind of unjust posts trying to like target a business and mm. um, because they simply didn't get their own way. It's all this like sense of entitlement if something didn't go their way, they're like out for blood against these businesses or establishments. And I yeah. think that now like you starting what you did at the time is very controversial, mm. but you look at businesses like Ryanair even their Fabulous. funny videos that they do fantastic on uh, like they're almost aware of how they overcharge people and they kind of run with it mm. then they have these really funny like kind of responses and then Little Ireland is another one or Wendy's in the US yeah. where they just so it's the almost piss. mainstream now outrage marketing yeah. has almost become mainstream now. yeah it's like it's just that even the Karen's Cafe now mm. you go there to get abused mm. love that like, is that coming to Dublin? I hope so. There's one in London. Haven't been yet, but it's it's brilliant. Like it's like what I love is when people bring their their family members there, not telling them because I know Eileen would have a conniption, mm. um, and they're fantastic. <laughs> That'd be brilliant to see people bring their elderly parents, thinking they're going to this cafe, yeah. and they're like, "I'd love to bring Shut my the dad." Fuck up. For example, Could you imagine or your mom not knowing what type of <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> you know? It's yeah. There's, there's all these trends on TikTok as well, like uh, which I saw recently um, over Christmas was the the, the son or daughter giving a Christmas card to the parents that they wrote themselves from Jeremy and Jemima yeah. uh, and the dog Otto. Uh, 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 and, and they take uh, stuff from the house? Uh, no, but oh. it's uh, thanks, happy Christmas to you and they make up some story and they open it. And I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Karen's, if it does come to Dublin, I think that would be fabulous Fantastic. bringing people who don't know what to expect. Yeah. Or I think it's a normal restaurant. That would be really, really fun. But that's what I think people used to think the White Moose was because they used to come yeah. in and be like, oh, you're all so polite. Yeah. I was expecting to get abused. I was like, no, it's a proper cafe. Yeah, yeah. So I think we missed the mark on that one. Well, look, I mean, I can't look back on the days of the White Moose in any other way, but with a f in a fond Same. manner. I mean, I think those days were oh, fabulous. Amazing. And I think over the couple of years, well, it was between 2015 and... I did miss you, Jason, when you left. Oh, I did. And it wasn't really the same. 
yeah. if I do say so. The people we met over the years, you know, the people who worked in the cafe, in the hotel, I miss, yeah. you know. And I certainly look back with a lot of nostalgia. And, you know, you'd miss Aga, you'd miss oh, Irina. Yeah. I, I miss Chris. I often think about these people that, you know, we used to work with, but I, 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 I don't know what they're up, up to. But that was a an era or a period of our lives that was yeah. formative like it, yeah. it 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 built us in more ways than one you know like it 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 strengthened us yeah absolutely um so yeah but look um jason thank you for coming on thank you for uh flying Anytime. over especially for this it was a, a fabulous chat thanks again for coming thank over thank you for having me um and thanks for lighting up my life for six how long was it six five and a half six years six years i think yeah yeah but we're still buddies. Oh yeah, besties. We still send WhatsApp. We still speak in our own language. Braid each it. other's hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will you braid mine afterwards? <laughs> we had our own little language and we kind of still communicate with each other via WhatsApp. We do, we get updates. Dee Dee. Yeah. The dogs. Yeah, yeah. Poor Renko's gone. I know. But look, uh, you actually, uh, what I was very happy about was the last time you were over, we didn't know what the future for Renko was going to be. He was old and you, I remember you sitting on the couch with him, yeah. giving him a lot of love. Of course. And you went out that door and I kind of thought to myself, you know what, that that's probably the last time, you yeah. know, but. I anyway. cried like a bitch. Yeah. Well, I was numb for days, but look, we talk about that another day. Anyway, Jason, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with the lovely Jason. If you've, learned anything that you'd like to reach out to me about for some bizarre reason you might want to contact me on my Instagram I have a link tree link where there's a contact form and you can contact me there <laughs>